0: First, people need to make money, right? Like at Glass, our goal is make 10x the amount of money in 10x less time compared to YouTube and TikTok. So it's like compared to what's currently out there that people use to make money, which is YouTube, if you're a video creator, we want to 10x that every single time. And we right now average 1,640x what any person would make per view on YouTube.
1: Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. The official podcast of Unstoppable Domains and the go-to place for everybody to learn about the latest innovations in Web3, NFTs, and the decentralized web. Join us each week to hear from experts, entrepreneurs, and the early stage investors that are building the future on the blockchain. Not only will this podcast help you understand why these emerging technologies are so important, but you'll also learn how you can become a pioneer in the metaverse. GMGM, welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. My name is Josh Gordon. I'm your host. Today, we're going to talk about video NFTs. And I'm joined by Dio, co-founder of Glass Protocol. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing pretty sensational right now. Josh, just trying to keep up with the pace of things and keep putting pressure into the
1: Web3 world. Yeah, I mean, things are moving fast. Are you feeling like that pace of innovation and what you're building is at that same speed or faster now that we're in a bear market?
0: It's crazy because you would have thought it would slow down. But it literally, actually, if you're in it, in it literally feels like it's going faster. So I know crypto has these cycles, 2017 cycle, you know, 2021, who knows 2024, who knows. But... It just like in those years from 2017, like 2018 to 2020, if I was actively building in those years, I feel like I would have a better understanding of the speed, but I was, you know, building another startup during those years. So now building in Web3, I'm really very, very much excited for the current period. And that's why I guess we're building with so much
1: speed and enthusiasm. For sure. Well, let's start off with giving everyone who's listening a background into just how you got into crypto and why you gravitated towards video NFTs.
0: So my road into crypto is a long journey. I was aware about Bitcoin in 2013, 2014. I had a few friends, you know, done events in Manhattan, New York. I was a high school student in New York City. And, you know, crypto was pretty relevant to most people in my high school circles. So I never bought any Bitcoin. I finally bought Litecoin and ETH in 2017. Mm-hmm. Not at the best time. And then I just, one of my best friends was like going all the way to Switzerland to do like blockchain programming courses. And I had just gone to University of Chicago and I met Sam Sindebeck, one of my, Sam Sindebeck one of my co-founders. And he was really focused on doing like lightning transactions, speeding up the Bitcoin line. And What really led us to videos and crypto was we were building a social network before that was fully focused on the map. And we realized that a map was a subsection of video. And we realized that we want to go for something big, something bigger than we've ever done. And we realized video was like eating the world. So we realized probably the most important thing For communication during the pandemic was zoom video, things like riverside, you know, a bunch of things that just help people communicate better. And so we just kind of realized like the most important really technology in the world is just video technology. So we kind of just wanted to implant ourselves inside of that world. And we thought coming into the video world from a crypto perspective might be a good way for the future that's kind of really what it was about. It was video plus the opportunity of new incentives with crypto that we thought would make for a better world for creators and video viewers.
1: Yeah. No, interesting that you really had that kind of realization or thought about how video is dominant during the pandemic. I mean, I would say it pushed everything video to the forefront. TikTok, podcasts, I mean, I'm a podcast host myself, like video podcasts are now popping off everywhere. So I'd say a lot of different forms of content that are more engaging, definitely taking off in this time frame. So you also mentioned creators and thinking about creators and during that, can we talk about some of the problems that creators have today? Because I want to set the stage of you know, what the problem is and then Soon loop in how glass and solutions like video NFTs and be able to collect them help solve for some of that. So I got a bunch of problems around monetization, distribution, community, but I'll let you take it away and go from there.
0: So, like, what is the cultural context of being a video creator today? What it is today is you have these major platforms that, you know, like YouTube, like TikTok that have moved to really to just like highly inequitable creator compensation methods. And that means that for most video creators, which over 60% of kids aged 6 to 17 want to be a video creator, a YouTube star. Um, and so the vast majority of aspiring ambitious creators would honestly be living below the poverty line and they would burn out if they were to use the current compensation methods on the current platforms like YouTube and TikTok. 98% of YouTubers make less than minimum wage. 98% of YouTubers cannot afford monthly rent in New York City. And we thought that, that was a problem considering, you know, YouTube did start the creator economy was the first to really pay out creators. And that's the best. There really is for creators to go to TikTokers leave TikTok to professionalize and monetize on YouTube. And 98% of them will fail. So we kind of felt we needed to change this. And you're seeing now as, you know, these big platforms are stepping back from their creator economy pushes in the last, I guess, 12 months that they tried to do that it's not really the creators at the center. And so what we saw is creators are seeing their work as a business. They want stable, transparent foundations to monetize their efforts. Creators are more grounded in their aspirations when they want a strong, loyal fan base rather than like a viral moment. We also saw that creators' audiences in their communities, they are very much invested in shared experiences and seeing themselves as a stakeholder in that creator's success and the co-creation of that creator and they want to get closer. You're seeing with Cameo now, like with these NFTs, we've done Cameo-like experiences plus more, you know? And so Glass is an entirely new framework for creators, curators, and supporter communities, one of which is grounded in a steady, stable, creativity creators before everything ecosystem and one that ultimately it's kind of like bringing together DeFi vibes with creativity connection to drive us forward for this new this new world we're about to go in that's creative first
1: yeah i mean listening to some of your comments about monetization it's interesting a like the the stats around the percentage of kids who want to be youtubers and, and creators and I wonder, can everybody make a living off of making content of various types? Because I feel like everyone sees like the kids that fall in that statistic, they see all the people who are like crushing it, right? But if you're making a normal wage, I don't know, 70, 80, 100,000 a year, do we still see all these people want to do it? Or is it just because right now that being a content creator sometimes means you're also like a celebrity of sorts?
0: I was a soccer player. Yeah. So, like, 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 a good story of like that is like, I was a soccer player. You know, it's it's almost like being a, a sports player. It's like every kid could low key play soccer at some point. And those who want to go play soccer professionally, or those who want to play soccer at the D three level or D one level, they can find their homes. And we kind of want to be a option for a creator at every level. You know, in the same way you can play D three soccer, D two, D one. It's like, you can be a D3 creator, D2 creator, D1, you know, you can establish a community. And the thing that takes burnout away from you is really just actually having a community, actually having a few loyal supporters that actually are going to be there to like actually help you figure out what the next thing is to do in turn like, say, you know, we're doing music video NFTs and you're like, you know what, I want to go and do podcast NFTs. It's like your community... You need people who are going to be there to help you with that switch. And so, I would say that like athletes, creators are the new athletes in a way. And most athletes are multi-dimensional athletes. Most creators are multi-dimensional athletes. The good thing about video is it is a multi-dimensional medium.
1: Yeah, I saw a really good quote recently about audiences and community, and it. And I'll share it with you. It's. Like if you go to see someone speak, you're in an audience because the uh, speaker is facing you and we're all like listening. But if you go to like a community center, there's chairs all the way around like the basketball court or something like that. And everyone's facing each other. And so this person was just kind of highlighting the difference between do you have an audience or do you have a community? And I'm kind of wondering the problems that traditional content creators have. I feel like they really just have audiences and they struggle making some of those connections that you're talking about are really helpful in this video NFT world that you're working in. But how do content creators of today establish connections? Because I feel like they have to jump through a lot of hoops with their following. It's like, hey, you follow me on this platform, but I'm going to launch something. So you need to sign up for my email list or you need to fill out this form like there's there's a lot of friction points it seems like connecting to these people who are watching your videos or engaging whatever content you make
0: that's what makes me really excited like if we can show the screen of like the new product i love that you can see everybody who collected your video nft in the circle and i really feel like the idea of being able to see transparently who is supporting you is going to just motivate more people to want to be true supporters and is going to just like level the playing field on like who really is supporting creators. So I think today, creators are making emails, list hosts, they're making merch sites, they're making Instagrams, all the YouTubes, TikToks, all types of things to start their video career off, whether you're a podcaster or whatever. In the future, I think you're going to just start on Glass build your community up, people you're gonna have podcasts collector scouts and they're gonna be like, All right, like I'm looking for who's really serious about this in the same way, you know, you got like Chelsea Soccer Club that has scouts looking at kids at the age of six who who are playing soccer. So it's like you're gonna start to see people who are like, you know what, I think Josh really has it for this podcast stuff. He knows how to get it out there. He's committed. He wants to do this. And you're going to get people who just start collecting your NFTs from the beginning of your career, going all the way on. And, you know, some episodes might be crazy flips. Other episodes might just be casual drops. But regardless, you're slowly growing a community from the ground up the whole way through and giving back to them over time, rather than like Mr. Beast going up, you know, slowly the whole way through. And then like really dumping back at the end. It's like this you could probably give incrementally each year for the new supporters that came to you and your collectors are even earning off of your creation.
1: Yeah. I mean, you talk about collectors there and it leads me into another thought of mine, which was what problems fans, consumers, collectors have with the way content shared online right now. Like, can you maybe paint an example of, let's say there's your favorite music artist dropping videos or your favorite vlogger, how does a fan engage with them today? And then how would they engage with them now in the world of video NFTs?
0: Love that question. So today, if you're a supporter or a fan and you want to connect with a video creator, the first thing you would do is you would watch their content or, you know, you know, observe it. And then after that, if you want to get closer, you could go to YouTube and then go to their contact and email them. You can leave a comment, you could go to their Instagram, maybe find them there, leave a DM. Pretty much, you're not going to get any return on maybe any of these, maybe a YouTube comment, maybe an Instagram comment, they might like it or respond, but you're not actually going to get that access to that creator.
1: I tell everybody to hit me up on Twitter, like normally, you know, but you're right. I mean, I how many people that are listening to this Engaging in conversations with me on a week to week basis is much lower than people consuming content via YouTube or like Apple or Spotify. Exactly. And so, yeah, today it's like
0: they would go to your Twitter, try to connect with you there. But the difference is in the future, if you could collect someone's NFT, tell them why you collected it, right? Tell them, get to know more about you. It's like you're going to be way more aware and attentive to that potential supporter than if they hadn't collected. So I think collecting gives you an access path and a stake in that creator's future that can you can say, like, like I actually want this person to succeed, that just like a basic DM won't necessarily do. And over time, it's just increasing in speed. It's like will peace through world trade is going to be the fastest way to world peace. Like if we don't, if people are not Trading, if we're just having conversations and there's no exchange of skills or there's no exchange of value in any way, it's not going to really work for too long with you and that person. You know, life is not forever. People have to come into this life, trade away and they pass, right? So, uh, it's like, I think the idea of trading leading to will peace. I go into this person's home and I might leave a glass of wine. They come into my home, they leave a glass of wine, that type of idea. Like, although that might just be considered karma or just good faith, trading, you know, regardless, I think putting that type of energy into the world is going to lead you to just a better relationship with your audience.
1: That's an interesting take there, you know, trading leading to peace, right? But I do think one thing trading does as well is it turns the consuming of content into a more active and engaged activity. Often I find that we're all scrolling, watching videos, you know, liking tweets, liking Instagram posts. But then when you add this collection element to it, it's more active statement saying like, I really like this and I like what you're putting out into the world and like, I wanna be a little bit of a part of it and attach my name to it. I think like I'd much rather be a collector than just a follower.
0: You just unleashed something in my mind with that one that like I had never realized was a huge hurdle for all of web three. You said like active statement and it's just like an active state. If you're in an active state of using these social networks, that's going to lead to this podcast. If you're in a passive state of using a social network, you would never lead to this podcast. And so I think the most important thing is that collecting is literally the beginning of an active state of using any social network. So people are actually going to have to start thinking about why they're using, why they're spending their time here, what they're doing. And I think they're going to start to realize they've wasted a lot of time in the past. And now if they can use social networks actively and then go touch grass, they would probably prefer to do that than to use social networks passively and never touch grass because it's like you never know what you're going to miss if you're using it passively. It's like if you're using it actively, you're coming in for a focus, you're collecting that NFT, you're listening to that Twitter Spaces, you're DMing that creator right at the Spaces, and then you're out. And it's like that is an active way of living. That is living in motion, and that is potentially the biggest hurdle For all of web three to get over switching people over from active state, it's actually not going to happen. Like, human nature is not just going to turn people who wanted to passively scroll. What might happen though is that you'll have people who share more. Like, I think sharing will increase, retweeting and sharing might increase. Maybe the one percent of tweeters is not going to go to 10%, but you'll get like. 3% more people retweeting and sharing and supporting a creator's success. And that could honestly make all the difference. Like two more people sharing your IP story, two more people retweeting your thing because they know this is going to put food on the table for you. Honestly, it's like that is going to make the world a little bit better. And like, that's the most I really think we can push this decade. And then I think after this decade, I think it's unlimited.
1: For sure. Our our generation is definitely people who are thinking about just conscious consumption, I'd say, all around. And everyone's going to have different pockets that they're probably pretty conscious about, whether it's like veganism or it's what you do on social media, right? There's spectrums to everything. But it's interesting to think about how the collection, putting your name on it, it becomes part of your digital profile. And it makes your digital identity a little bit more vibrant. And so maybe my next question for you is as you become conscious, as you become active out there and you're collecting content, whether it's a video NFT or really any NFT, but how do you see that affecting our digital identities and how we portray that digital identity now versus once we really start getting active into the the NFT collection?
0: That's like, I think it was the unstoppable web founder, actually, on the rehash podcast that was talking about. First, people need to make money, right? Like at Glass, our goal is make 10x the amount of money in 10x less time compared to YouTube and TikTok. So it's like compared to what's currently out there that people use to make money, which is YouTube if you're a video creator. We want to 10x that every single time. And we right now average 1,640x what any person would make per view on YouTube. And so we're succeeding there. And that's because pretty much like no one gets paid on YouTube. So it's actually a low-key lower bar. But to build the technology we're building, it's pretty tough. So it's like, I think, yes, music is going to have the iPod shuffle moment, which is going to lead into the iPhone. So I think, yeah, we are on a trajectory to have an iPhone moment for Web3 in the next four to five years from the start of music NFTs and, and video happens to be able to be a part of all of these moments. And so that's the the first thing, like help people monetize these moments more as a collector, as a creator. So those digital identities, like who's tagged on that video is going to turn into Who's split in the revenue for that video, which is going to turn into like, I need to go to this concert tonight and get this video of Kendrick Lamar. Because if I don't go to get this video of Kendrick, like I I literally, like even though I paid $40 for that ticket, I know for a fact I could have made maybe $100 in $60 profit just for going out to this event. And so I think it's literally going to incentivize people to go outside because outside might have some cooler videos to make. Right. And then it it turns out if you've ever been in a music video or you've ever shot a music video with friends, it's like the funnest day of your life. We see videos as like the Gutenberg revolution. We see this like in the same way in the 1490s, you had the printing press and you had people who just did not understand why being able to write and store your ideas onto pen and paper was important. We think that like being able to store your ideas into videos Your great-grandchildren will choose the videos over the diary or over the book. And so that's what it means to digital identity. It means 500 years, who's going to remember you if you didn't put it on the video? It means in 300, 400 years, what the things you're going to value the most are going to be your child's first steps on video. Charlie bit my finger, sold for $681,000, NBA top shot, pretty much started the NFT movement, And so we were like, okay, we got inspired by video clips of basketball players. You know, they've done $971 million in volume in two years, right? We've done over $1.1 $1. 1 million in, in a year, but we're creating a new market that's not just focused on the basketball niche. We were focusing on the music niche at the beginning. And I think that's a good niche to focus on, especially because it's, it's a foundational niche to web three. And we're going to focus there pretty much forever, but we're also going to focus on some other places for the multidimensionality of video. And so I think, yeah, your digital identity and video is probably going to be your most important identity. Maybe in 10 to 20 years, we could realize that the most important thing of all of Web3 is who's in that video.
1: I like the take. I like the take a lot. It's interesting because it's like you collect it. This video is associated with your wallet and you can come back to that wallet, that identity. And... Look at your collection. I mean, I feel like right now our content on the internet is dispersed in so many different places. I mean, I got stuff on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. And it's if I told my grandchild in the future, hey, let's come look at some memories. It's like, where do you even start? Because by then there's going to be a a thousand more social media apps. But I think a, a core principle of NFTs is like, sure, you sell it on glass, but you buy it. It sits in your wallet and it's this one central place for it. Regardless of if like Glass is a website at that point or not, I also got to say like you didn't know my background actually, but I got something behind me. I came up in content shooting music videos <laughs> with, uh, with my best friend. We did a music video a week for thirty-seven straight weeks, and we were like, he was trying to rap, I was trying to be DJ, videographer, like hype man type of things. So I was playing a support role there, but um 100% agree. Some of the best days ever, and. I go back on YouTube and, you know, watch some of our videos every now and then. Send me that link. I will. Yeah, I will send you some of my favorite ones I shot. And honestly, even though he's not rapping anymore and I'm not shooting music videos anymore, you know, I'm wondering as a content creator, I have this repository of work. Can I mint it? You know, can I put some of my best music videos out there? And even if it's just to give to some of my friends as an NFT, right? Like, is there a market for that too? Or do I have to be approaching it as a creator who's trying to, you know, really monetize this? So
0: yes, yes. Like you can put your OG videos, your favorite videos of all time, any video in your camera roll, you can put that up as a video NFT on Glass. Right now, I would say that like we're focused more like the distribution strategy right now is focusing on getting someone who's going to consistently post videos and considering like you had 37 videos. Like I definitely think that is like you would have been the creator. We would be talking to right now.
1: Yeah, we're just two years too early.
0: And now you're on this podcast. So you're still right. So two years too early, but just baking it, just getting ready. And so a hundred percent, you can put any type of video up. You can put an old video up. We've seen John Waltz put a video up that from 2014 that sold videos on YouTube that people put on glass sold videos on Vimeo, like any video you're thinking. And if you want to get more research on this, highly would advise anyone watching this to go to e.glass.xyz or just go to glass.xyz to see the salon drops. We are on the Solana and the ETH blockchain, the first video NFT marketplace. And I think the best way to see it is like, it's really like the OpenSea of video NFTs. Because it's like, we can expand, go as many categories as OpenSea can. OpenSea was the first to do JPEG NFTs, marketplace, primary and secondaries. And we think the MP4 market is bigger than the JPEG market.
1: I love the, the statement, that MP4 market's bigger than the JPEG market. And because you brought up OpenSea, like as a creator today, there's an overwhelming feeling of where do I even start? Because there's all these marketplaces. And I think a lot of content com- sometimes can fit into different buckets. So like, let's say you have a video NFT. How do you choose between dropping on OpenSea or dropping on Glass? I mean, and then there's this third option, which is creating a custom contract, but I think that's where you enter the technical challenges that it probably pushes away 90% plus of creators who are really looking for like a low or no code solution.
0: Yeah, like definitely not custom contracts for like where we are right now. I think down the line, custom contracts, you know, will become more relevant as more and more creators do their research. But getting creators to do their research when they're focusing on Instagram and TikTok and the next trend is very hard. And so I think creators want to drop on glass rather than OpenSea because we focus specifically on videos. We're also younger. We're also focusing on, we help you market your drop. We'll do a Twitter spaces with you and we'll help you sell out your drop or help you sell. We'll connect you to collectors. And OpenSea is not going to do all that. So I think that's really why. And then the other thing is like, People have seen what, how we've innovated in the last 10 months. They've seen we've tried a lot of things on one chain and now we're on a new chain. And so like, no one's really ever gone from like ETH to Solana for video NFTs. And so they understand that like, you know, we are at the tip of the spear when it comes to information on how to execute a video NFT platform. And we're working with creators that are on the tip of the spear. Like, you know, all the creators we dropped with on this new glass shop, Jamie Cornelia did, which might've been the first music video on a T on Solana. And then we had Ray Isla, we had Latasha, we had John Waltz, Sophia Alexa. We got creators coming up that are going to be crazy. And so I think we had leading ETH creators dropping on Solana for the first time. And. I think Solana is a better entry point for anybody that wants to get into Web3. Like more people are trading on Solana daily than they're trading on ETH and ETH has been trading and trending down for like the past 12 months in activity.
1: Why is that? Because is it just transaction fees? Cause I feel like ETH fees are now low, but is it still any fee is higher than what it's going to be on Solana?
0: The real reason, like if you're in the streets, the real reason is like literally When people want to start off with crypto, they want to buy a full one of whatever that thing is. You know, I have friends who call me like, yo, like, damn, Solana is so much easier because like I could buy a full Solana. Rather, I can't buy a full E. And so like the actual price of Solana is low enough for people to like buy it and like start trading and like get returns. So it's like people want to trade. They want to get returns. They want to start flipping in at fees. And it's like, do you have a $100 on Solana? You could potentially make it. But if you have $100 on ETH, you're not like, you don't have any hope. You need at least $1,000 on ETH to really start to make it. And so it's going into its Bitcoin phase. Like ETH is great. It's always going to be great. Bitcoin's great. And now Solana is focusing fully on speed and low gas fees. And I think it's going to be great for that. So it's like, we want to build on that because it's the first to establish itself as being great on transactions per second, lower gas fees, and a good community for other platforms to build on. But we we do see it as blockchain platform creator community. And all of those, that four needs to be moving back and forth. Like it needs to be saw glass, need to be tight, tight with creators, with community. The podcast community for unstoppable needs to be tight with you, which is tight with platform, which is tight with blockchain. And so it's just like allowing for that tightness in the ETH community. Like I can't, we're not tight with Vitalik
1: or something like that. Totally. So we talked about monetization. We talked about collection. I definitely want to finish out the pod talking more about community. We've touched on it a few times. But I want to do two things, like one, ask you some community questions, and then one, do a little bit of a case study on this podcast on how you would approach a podcaster getting into some NFTs. So you mentioned like doing Twitter spaces and helping connect creators to collectors. What are some either really awesome like growth hacks that Glass has been doing to make that community connection, or have there been any standout examples from the creators on the platform that you've seen someone do to really emphasize that community connection like some after they've done a drop or maybe in anticipation of a drop
0: yeah i mean we have some just shot like we have shocking creators shock me every day with just how they generate hype the most important thing are really two things i learned over the weekend which is like better videos and better at Selling videos are the type of creators that we want to focus on in the beginning. And the mission is to demonstrate the true value of video content in a way that actually ends up accelerating investment, inspiration and creation and community. So like that's our goal to really demonstrate that like what we're doing right now is actually valuable. And so I think when it comes to creators, the creators that like really believe in their work and really want to go and sell that, they will sell it and they will succeed. Everflow is a great example. Jack Frost. like Jack Frost did a combo of like a PFP project with Glass. Music video and a T-drops and an audio visual. And then he has a Twitter community group chat. And we say GM every day. And there, Jamie, Sound of Fractures. He has a Twitter community group chat has all of his collectors from all of his jobs across multiple platforms coming to there. And I'm just making community. Like I'm just literally getting so many new friends nowadays who just share a love for someone's music or who share a love for someone's video or who share a love for someone's personality in the Twitter spaces or who shares a love for this stuff. So I think, yes, audio, Twitter spaces are a better way for connection in the same way buying something from someone as a better way to show your true connection with them. But, I mean, we see so many strategies creators use, and we also have strategies we give to creators as well. I mean, like, I don't want to reveal all the strategies because, like, I feel like that's one of the most important... <laughs> yeah, it's one of the most important secret sauces we do, and it's just so variable per creator, like, for
1: for you. Well, like, let's talk about podcast NFTs. I'm a podcaster, right, and I'd, I would love to drop maybe even this episode on glass, but we can we can talk offline about that. But let's say I'm a podcaster. I want to start, I'm making videos. What's my um, quick hitting on this? Like my one, two, three step to dropping these. Strategy I'm thinking, should I do a one-time drop? Should I plan this out as like a series? I don't know. Is there any like addition size you can recommend? Well, what comes to mind?
0: Yeah, so addition size, we suggest 50 additions at 0.5 Solana. $20 price point, you know, something around the movie ticket range. But we pioneered that, you know, for media NFTs getting around a movie ticket like price consistently, like we started off doing one-on-one auctions on ETH. And, you know, now we're doing $15 additions on Solana. And so that is both market behavior as well as, you know, our decisions to go and do that as well as the the market. But that's where I would say with addition size and price. And then when it comes to uploading the video to Glass, you know, it's just drag, drop, upload, simple upload video. And we would talk together on what date it makes sense to go public with this. Once you upload, you can upload unlimited. You can do your series every single day on that day. We've been talking about a podcast day in the same way that there's a music Fridays, new music Fridays, which, you know, I've talked to the person who originally came up with that idea of New Music Fridays around when Kanye was doing good music Fridays in 2013. That's really when Apple and these other platforms chose to do New Music Fridays. And that was a creator that chose to drop new music every single Friday, right? And so I think we're seeing creators like Nudes who has a 16 episode podcast that's about to drop on glass. You know, that converges the music NFT space and the visual video NFT space and just is more for the spiritual people in the Web3, you know, spiritual video NFTs. And so he's going to, you know, drop on like a Wednesday and then just drop consistently at that time each Wednesday and it doesn't have to sell out. People don't have to buy. It. There's no pressure to sell it out. It's just put it up there and see if you can build up a true community for that season one. If it's a hit podcast if people are like, yo, this shit is great, they're going to come back and scoop up all the primary sales on edition on season one by season two and you're going to be moving. And you can do ways where it's like if you've collected each one in season one, you get some type of access pass in
1: season two, which I think Adam Levy's done. Yeah, I just had Adam Levy on the pod and he gave a ton of good tips too. But I I think it would be interesting even to uh, drop podcast video NFTs that come with some kind of perk with the guest on the show, at least in terms of shows like this with you. That's a whole nother level of coordination on the creator, you know, making sure that you're down for that kind of thing and planning that out because that takes a lot of forethought. But just something I I don't know, something I'm thinking about playing around with in my head. We could do that. So
0: like Marky Basie, when he sold his music video NFT on Glass, the collector was able to go backstage to his concert and we just coordinated that through a beer chat or like Empire out I'm at Empire Dow right now and it's like someone collects this NFT, they get to pull up and have a day in the life with glass at Empire out and just like literally shadow the whole team, stay with us in the apartment, you know, one day in New York City. It's like the experiences are so much sicker from these NFTs. People have no idea. And it's not Oh, but NFTs don't do this. It's yes, you can watch this video. And if you buy it, you can pull up to New York City and hang out with the whole team and be in the, in the movie and da, 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 da. And, and so it's just a bunch more ands that people haven't considered that is the real value proposition of Web3. It's not really replacing
1: necessarily anything. All right. Well, I'm just going to put it out in the world. If you're listening to the pod still, first of all, shout out to you. Appreciate you. And second of all, there's going to be a video NFT, this episode dropping TBD some point in the future with some kind of cool perk. We'll figure it out, but uh, I love it. All right. Well, this has been a great discussion so far. We covered a ton of topics. I want to hit you with some quick questions and then wrap up. Is that cool with you? Sounds Fantastic. All right. So, a couple quick questions. And this is almost like short answers, but it sounds like limited edition versus open edition. You're recommending limited? Yes. And then recommended supply. Can you throw out that number again? On Solana or what blockchain? On Solana. 50. Okay. And if you were to put a monetization goal for a drop, how much would you say is like the North Star?
0: Well, if you sell 50 editions on Solana at 0.5 sold, you would make like $750. So like, I would say like North Star would be like $250 to $700 as a first drop.
1: Cool. And then when thinking about content of the future, especially in video terms, short form or long form, which one do you think is winning?
0: The most entertaining first 30 seconds of the video, (laughs) like. Just put the most entertaining parts of the video at the beginning. And if it's entertaining enough, the whole way through, you'll watch it the whole way through. But I would say short form, I guess, because I just said the first 30 seconds.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, my last question was going to be entertaining or educational, but it sounds like entertaining. Entertaining. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks for answering that. The final questions is the one two, web three. First question I got for you is who's an influential creator, entrepreneur, collector that's really inspired or educated you? This is
0: in Web3? Yeah. Jamie Cornelia really inspires me. I really like what Jamie Cornelia has been able to do. I love what Latasha has been able to do. These people are building countries. Like These aren't the same type of creators we're used to. And I'm, like I tweeted earlier today, Web3 is replacing influencers with creators. It's like these, these are not influencers. These aren't people like Kim Kardashian who are going to say, go get Ethereum Max. These are people that are really thinking about, like, how can I be one of the first creator businesses out there? Like, real creator businesses. And I think the past creators, like the Kanye's, the Jay-Z's, they were the first to really think this way. Like when Jay-Z said, I'm a businessman, not a businessman. It's like he is an actual business and he's a business that releases products, right? Each video is your product. And so. I think Jay Z. Jay Z, I would say, is probably inspires me the most.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, you're in New York City, so that, that makes sense. And then last question in five years, what do you think is the craziest thing we'll be doing in the metaverse that people just aren't thinking about yet? I don't even know what the
0: metaverse is, but I would say that the craziest thing no one's thinking about karaoke. Yeah, everyone likes karaoke. No one's thinking about karaoke NFTs. I don't even know what that is. But like, I feel like if you're in a metaverse, you're having a party, bringing in Twitter space vibes with karaoke vibes, with video NFT vibes, audio, video NFT, karaoke vibes in metaverse. I know. They do. They
1: Hey, it sounds like the next hot Web3 startup. I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I got <don't> enough karaoke <laughs> NFTs. All right, well, thanks so much for this episode and sharing all your thoughts on video NFTs, collection, community with me. I think it's very very informative and I think there's a lot to learn from this conversation. So, can you let people know who are listening where can they find you online after listening? Yes, yeah,
0: so you can find me online at dioadiosun10, which is my Twitter, d a y o a d e o s u n 10 or just dio.glass with two eyes as my username. And then you can find me at, Di- I think, DiAudio in on Instagram too. And then just DM me. DM me if you're a creator, you want to drop on Glass, feel free to DM me. Also make sure to fill out the type form, which is on the Glass.xyz site and follow at Glass Protocol, turn on your notifications. We got some awesome stuff coming, cool growth hacks, cool stuff all around that we'll be showing soon at Glass Protocol.
1: Love it. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate subscribing on whatever audio platform you're listening on. And hey, if the video NFT sounded cool to you, keep an eye out because they'll be dropping soon. And with that, I'll see you next week. Thank you, Dash. You're welcome. Catch you all in the metaverse. Peace out. you've enjoyed this episode of the unstoppable podcast if something we said today resonated with you please leave us a review subscribe and share this with your friends and remember this conversation doesn't have to end here tweet us your questions thoughts and ideas to unstoppable web i look forward to hearing from you and thank you so much for listening